You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by a man making his debut on the Toolstation Western League podcast. It is our social media manager, James Healy. Hello, James. How are you? Very well, Ian. How are you? I'm I'm in good form, sir. I'm in good form. Did you get to any uh, football at the weekend? I didn't, unfortunately. I was hoping to get to... Well, I was down to two games to go to. I was going to go to Roman Glass, uh, Bradford, or over at Portishead, Wincanton, but I'm afraid a case of the man flu caught up with me, so um, I spent Saturday curled up on the sofa, not feeling too great. Um, we're going to, because we're going to come to your um, your role within the league in a, in a minute. But I mean, I have noticed that since taking over running the social media for the Western League, you've you've been quite, um, you've been to quite a few matches, haven't you? And you always go armed with your camera. And we've seen some really um, really exciting pictures, some really great coverage um, uh, on, I mean, particularly on Twitter where I follow it. But of course, you are, we're on other platforms as well. So you have been, um, you've been, you've been making yourself busy since you started, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I've always. Uh... Like going to the Tool Station League ground, bit of a ground hopper. Um, so I tend to go to different grounds, and now in my new role, so going to games and taking photos and publicising what I've been doing is, uh, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it. And every club that I've been to has been really welcoming as well. Just before we get into the meat and drink of this week's podcast, do you want to um, just tell the listeners what um, what's taken you on your journey to the Tool Station Twitter feed? So how long have you got? Uh, years ago, I uh, started at Yeovil Town Football Club uh, in their media office. So I was doing their programmes, interviews, website, uh, things like that. That was before Twitter and social media, really. Uh, and then I left Yeovil and joined Bristol City. Um, and I was there for five years. And then uh, left Bristol City, went self-employed, and then went, went back down to Yeovil again and joined them just before they went up to the championship and worked there all through the championship season uh, and then left there in 2016 uh, to go self-employed again um, and that's where I'm at now really so I've uh, yeah, jumped on board at the tool station doing their social media forum. Well you're doing a grand job and, and perhaps we'll have a little chat about some of the initiatives um, that you've um, you've taken on board um, at, towards the end of the podcast but we, uh, we, we, we we need to let the listeners know what we're going to be covering today obviously we're going to be looking at the fixtures that have just happened over the over the weekend really starting on Friday November the 15th and we've got two manager interviews for you Tony Beecham um, from Cribs and Mitch Hodge um, from Longwell Green we're going to feature those on uh, on the podcast but we kick off this edition with uh, some Friday night football we do like Friday night football five goals at Cheddar and uh, this was a bit of a humdinger wasn't it? Yeah everyone seems to enjoy uh, Friday night football like you say 98 travelled to uh, to watch this game on Friday evening where Cheddar come out on top it was a uh, drama drama field that's for sure and uh, the home team come out on top 3-2 certainly struggled a little bit of late having only won once since the end of August but they made a terrific start uh, and led 2-0 uh, just after the half hour mark yeah, so the home team then uh, got back into the game and Ricky, Ricky Bennett slotted home a penalty following a deliberate handball by one of the certain defenders. Uh, but then in the second half, the referee uh, became a bit of a prominent figure. Uh, he just dismissed the player from either side. Uh, but not only just those two, the two managers were then uh, sent to the stand as well. Cheddar regained their composure, 
Um, and after substitute Callum Ham, not the keeper to level the scores, um, the visitors saw one of their number put in the sim bin to hand a late advantage to the opponents. But then uh, Bennett proved to be the hero for Cheddar, scoring directly from a corner in the closing stages of the game to, to end a memorable night for, uh, for everyone that was there watching. Yes, incident filled. And I'm just wondering if... Um... If temperature starts to rise at Cheddar, do you think that they become a bit of a fondue? Oh, Ian. I know that was bad, wasn't it? Anyway, let's move on to Saturday the 16th of November and uh, we'll uh, we'll take a look at the fixtures in the Premier Division and we're going to start this week's roundup by looking at Canesham Town. They were at home to Cribs. Uh, yeah, Cribs survived an early blitz from Canesham before storming to a quite impressive 5-2 victory at Groundfields. Um, an own goal in the 10th minute doubled Canesham's early advantage after Tom Knighton fired them ahead in the early stages. Uh, Cribs then turned the game on its head, scoring four first-half goals to build a comfortable lead at the break before adding a fifth and final in the 63rd minute to wrap up a quite impressive victory. Five goals um, at Canesham certainly is an impressive uh, victory. And I started off my interview with Tony Beecham by um, reflecting on that uh, impressive performance. We had a bit of a funny ten minutes, the first first one, first half, um, going two 0 down. Um, but once we find our feet, we uh, raced into a four two lead and ended up winning the game five two. So very pleasing away from me, very pleasing. Now you're still in the FA Vars and the Les Phillips Cup, um, so you're you haven't been as disrupted as much as other sides with their fixture postponements. But I suppose the longer that you stay in the cup competitions, if the weather doesn't um, uh, hold, then that could become a that could become a factor for you, couldn't it? It could do, yes. Um, obviously, we we've got um, we're waiting for Les Phillips between Buckland and Cheddar played this week, um, so that'll be put in next week away from home. So yeah, it could be a bit of an issue for us, but at the moment I think we're on top four games, so very happy so far. So it's not so much of a problem for you that um, perhaps you, you're looking for for things to change next season. I mean, is just this disruption a sort of inevitable part of what life's like at um, at steps uh, step five? Yeah, definitely. It's difficult. Obviously, we've had a great summer and I think we're going to have a bad winter, to be quite honest with you. So there will be a lot of games from now till Christmas that won't be played. So, uh, But lucky for us, we've got a decent decent set and we've got a decent groundsman. And to be honest, since I've been having there four years now, and I don't think we've had a game called off, um, only if it was snow. So we're, we're quite, we're quite um, looked after, to be fair. Now, you've had draws against um, Bridgewater and Bradford, but a couple of heavy defeats um, from Bitten and Exmouth. What, what do you make of the quality of the Premier Division uh, this season? Um, I believe the, the Premier Division this season is um, a lot tougher than it was last year, 100%. Um, there's some very good sides in it. Obviously, Exmouth has come in, Tavis have come in, very good sides to join Plymouth and and, and teams like that. So, yeah, very competitive this year and, and uh, it's very, very, um, very hard. Uh, now, currently, you're mid-table, you're 11th. Um, is that a, fl- a fair reflection, do you think, on your form this season? Yes, I believe so. We, we didn't start the best. Um, we've had to make a few changes with the playing squad um, and we didn't start very well. We took a couple of avoidings, if I'm honest. But hopefully we've turned that corner now. We won four on the banks, um, and we'll be looking to make it five on Saturday against Bridgewater. So, where would you like to see the side finish come the end of the season? At this moment, at the start of the season, I wanted to, with the side we had from last year, we finished really strong last year. 
um, and we kept the same team. Um, it didn't work out, and I was expecting to be in that top eight. Um, but now we started very slowly. Um, hopefully we continue to form there now, and I, I still believe that we can get in that, that top eight. Now, you've got Bridgewater at the weekend. You've mentioned that. Um, you've already played them once this season. Do, do you think that this is going to be a different game to the last time the two sides met? Do you think that perhaps Bridgewater have got a point to prove to see if they can get all three points off you this time? Yeah, Bridgewater are a good side. Don't, don't take that away. But um, we played in early part of last season. And if I'm honest, <laughs> if I remember rightly, we were 1-0 up and we scored a bizarre own goal in the 94th minute so yeah they'll come there they'll they want to they want to put that right um, but we'll also look to keep our own continuing so we'll be looking to get the three points this month we're featuring um, volunteers uh, on the uh, uh, well across the tool station and Western League from your perspective as a manager when you think about a match day at Cribs what does it mean to you in terms of getting more people in, not only just to watch you, but also to get involved with a club like Cribs? What are the, what are the benefits, do you think, of people getting involved in grassroots football? We're, we're a bit of a small club, if I'm honest, up to, up to some of the clubs in this league. and We're run by less volunteers than a lot of other clubs, but the, the people we got involved are very good at what they do. And they, to me, I think they do too much, if I'm honest. Um, we do like to get more people in, but obviously with the catchment area, it's quite hard. I mean, one of the things that we've talked about on the podcast is um, over the years historically, and of course you mentioned that you know this is we, we've done quite a few um, interviews over the years. Um, there are various challenges that uh, non-league football faces, whether it's player availability, people to run the club, but actually, you know, the other stuff that people are talking to me about is the travel distances, and of course, with the proliferation of clubs down in Devon. You know, and, and next season, of course, it will be Cornwall. That's only going to get greater as well. So it just feels to me, as a, as a fan, from the fans' perspective, that there's a lot of um, pressures on um, grassroots football that perhaps have evolved in the last few years. I don't know. I mean, you've been involved in the game for a long time. You might have seen it all before. But I just wondered, from your perspective, you know, what are the things that worry you? Yeah, you're, like I said, with the travelling side of it, is um, it's getting harder and harder every year. Um, but what I don't get about it is we could go... As a Bristol club, obviously with the obviously Devon sides coming into it, as a Bristol club, I don't understand why why we go to a Bristol side on a Saturday, and we're we've had a game called off at Exmouth last last Saturday, Saturday before, and now we've got to travel down to Exmouth in February on a night game. Now, for a club like ours or anybody in the Bristol, it's a big commitment to finish work and then get down to Exmouth with traffic for a seven thirty kickoff. So I, I, I think the league or leagues around all, all different standards need to look at that and, and have a look at see where it puts the clubs because one is a lot, it is a big expense, two, you ain't going to get the availability you want and three, if you go down over the weekend side, you know what's going to happen. So I believe they need to look at that side of it, the fixture setup, because like I said, it's no good us travelling to Exmouth on a February, on a Wednesday evening, when we're playing Cabarese on a Saturday or... Brislington on a Saturday or some of like that. They should they should really have a good look at it and get us travelling on a Saturday and playing the Bristol Sides midweek. And my thanks to Tony for his time. Now moving on, um, a, a real battle of the big boys here, and it didn't disappoint. Sometimes um, in the Western League, like in professional football, when you get two 
really top sides coming together. Um, they can cancel each other out. Well, that, that didn't happen here. It's a seven-goal thriller in front of 256 people. A fantastic advertisement for the Tool Station Western League Premier Division. Plymouth Parkway took on Bitten. And, um, well, um, plenty to talk about here, Jim. I think the game kicked off late as well uh, because Bitten was stuck in traffic heading down there because of the, uh, the M5 situation on Saturday. Um, but I would probably say that was probably the game of the day with Parkway coming out on top in the seven-goal thriller. Um, they had to come back from behind on a couple of occasions before eventually grabbing the 4-3 win. Uh, top scorer for Plymouth, Adam Carter. He scored an impressive 17 goals this season, uh, giving the Devon side a 22nd-minute lead. Josh Egan put a bit in ahead just before the half-time mark. Um, Parkway, however, were able to respond in first half stoppage time uh, with Shane Crack chipping the ball home to leave the game level to a piece. Um, but then Bitten went back in front on the hour mark after Matt Groves found himself unmarked at the back post. With Parkway then levelling the fares once again when Carter completed his double. Uh, then left to uh, Mikey Williams to complete the turnaround with the forwards, I think it was his 10th league goal of the campaign midway through the second half, uh, handing uh, Parkway three valuable points. Slightly less goals in our next game, but all um, just as much tension in the uh, in the tie between Roman Glass St George and Bradford Town. Yeah, it's one game that I was hoping to get to, as I said earlier. Um, but the man flew caught up with me. I was pretty disappointed I couldn't go to this one because I've heard good things about Bradford. Uh, but they maintained their uh, three point three point lead at the top of the Premier Division, holding off a late challenge from from Roman Glass. Uh, Lewis Powell gave Bradford a tenth minute lead. Apparently, in controversial circumstances uh, when, the, when he was originally flagged offside, uh, but the referee waved play on and uh, he, he put them ahead. He then doubled his tally uh, just before the 25th minute, uh, but Bradford held off a late charge from uh, from Roman Glass, and, uh, who struck a late consolation. But Bradford uh, are looking looking good at the top of the Premier League at the moment. And our final game, uh, reviewing the action on Saturday the 16th of November in the Premier Division, uh, was a very close affair between Shepton Mallet and Bridgewater Town. Perhaps the most impressive um, thing about this match was it was the second highest attendance of the day. 178 saw this one, Jim. Good attendance. Uh, uh, people seem to like watching Bridgewater uh, and Shepton Mallet. 178 is uh, an impressive tally there. But yeah, Shepton Mallet returned to form. Uh, with a 1-1 nil at home to Bridgewater Town. Uh, the goal came 12 minutes from time and Conrad Peck handed them a well-earned 1-0 victory. But yeah, they're, uh, they're the Mallet seemed to blow a little bit hot and cold, but I think if they find form, they could be pushing that towards the top half of the table. If you're thinking, Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Tool Station. With over 300 branches, there's always a Tool Station near you. Now, moving on to the first division, and our first feature game from Saturday's action was uh, Portishead. They were uh, at home to Wincanton, and, of course, Jim, Wincanton have been in a very good run of form um, uh, recently. I say recently because they haven't actually played very much, have they, in the, in the last few weeks? They haven't, no. Uh, Saturday's game 
where Portishead uh, was their first time that they'd been in action since the 26th of October. So uh, I think they were really looking forward to the trip to Portishead. And uh, they uh, come away with a dramatic 3-2 win. And Connor Williams scored with a, virtually the last kick of the game uh, to give uh, Wincanton a 3-2 win. Toby Cole given Wincanton the lead after just seven minutes. But Portishead then, then hit back and led at the interval uh, thanks to a pair of uh, quick-fire goals. And that man, Cole, uh, struck midway through the second half to draw the game level, uh, which set up a tension early. And then Connor Williams then uh, struck in the fifth minute to stop his time, much to the light of Wincanton uh, and, uh, and their fans. Our next feature game is a side that you know very well, uh, Jim. Sherbourne Town were at home to Oldland Abertonians. That's right, yeah, down in the deepest, darkest Dorset. Uh, the team I follow in the Tall Station League, Sherbourne, uh, Coming away with a 2 0 win um, at, at the Consol Stadium at Rally Grove. Alex Murphy again, he scored both of the goals. Um, he's on a, a good uh, scoring streak at the moment. Uh, but he broke the deadlock just at the end of the first half and then uh, doubled his tally midway through the second uh, to Anne Sherbourne, their seventh win of the, uh, of the league season so far. And our final game to review on, on the podcast in the First Division. Welton Rovers, the Green Army, they were at home to Longwell Green Sports. Now, Longwell Green Sports have been on a very good uh, run of form. Um, were, the, uh, were the Green Army up to, uh, up to the task? They weren't, unfortunately. No, Longwell Green uh, left uh, with a 3-0 victory. Um, Carl Box's uh, speculative effort put the visitors in front uh, after 15 minutes. Um, and then Luke Bryan... Uh, stroke the ball home seven minutes later to give Longwell a strong foothold in the game. Uh, the third and final goal also came just before the break with uh, Jordan Greenwood tapping home to put them within one point of the top two in the league table. I haven't had a chance to catch up with an old friend of the podcast, Mitch Hodge, the Longwell Green manager. So I thought that victory was a, was a great opportunity to go uh, to get back in touch with Mitch. Three goals in the first half, none in the second half. So I asked him whether that game against Welton Rovers was a game of two halves. Uh, yes, definitely. Um, so we got ourselves sort of 3-0 up um, in the first half. Um, without playing particularly great if I'm honest um, I thought you know we, we'd done enough obviously to, to deserve to be in the lead um, but probably gifted a few a few goals by their goalkeeper um, and then sort of second half yeah if I'm honest was, was a bit of a no-show really um, we got we got our lads in at, at half time um, and just sort of tried to be as constructive as we could with them um, and you know tried to give them a few sort of ideas of where we could be better and could we be professional and could we kick on um, and do things in the right way um, and, it, and, it, and it didn't really happen to be honest um, yeah it was a bit a bit of a new show in the second half from, from both sides really but um, from, from our point of view um, three goals a clean sheet and, and we move on well that was um, Welton Rovers this week a week ago it was Caution who um, who you beat now Caution um, have been uh, were one of the fancied sides going into this season um, so two two matches in two weeks with con, with sides with contrasting form, but you you managed to beat Corsham as well. Do you think that consistency is one of the critical factors to success in the first division this season? Because we see every week, don't we, um, sides um, the form book almost going out the window. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I think I think like, like you said, you're looking at um, the results every week, and there, there's always some shock. 
shock results in there, like sides who are sort of in the bottom half beating sides in the top half. But um, I do think there's a few sides that are maybe in, in a few false positions, sort of down, um, down in the bottom half. You look at Warminster and, you know, Corsham are probably, you know, they, they probably want to be a bit higher up. Um, Cheddar are probably looking at themselves. I think they're sort of seventh for eighth at the moment, but they'd certainly want to be a bit higher up. But, um, yeah, I do think that from our point of view, um, we're obviously on a, on a on you know a pretty decent run at the moment, um, and the longer we can continue that and get points on the board as early as possible um, is obviously a benefit for ourselves. Because like you said, everybody's beating everybody, and the sooner we can get the points on the board, the better, really. Well, um, looking at the sides then in your impressive um, run of form, you've, you've had wins over Cheddar and Corsham and Anwin Canton, a draw at home to Khan, but you did come up unstuck against uh, Radstock. Um, which sides do you think, well, which sides that you've played so far have impressed you the most? The, the two sides directly below us, if I'm honest, um, Ashton and Backwell and Radstock. So along with Sherborne, they're the two sides that we've lost our games to. Um, and yeah, I, I think at, at, at the end of the season, I'm sure that they'll both be up around it. Yeah, I, I, I think those two sides definitely. It pains me to do this, but we're, we're, we'll, uh, we have to talk about the weather because it's been it's been playing havoc with um, um, with the fixture list in, in recent weeks. Um, how, how do you feel that uh, the cancellations have affected affected you and your team? I mean, is there anything that, that you think could be done differently about the fixture schedule? Well, yeah, we, we've had a few games called off in recent weeks, like everybody, and it's been a bit disappointing because we, we are on a, on a pretty strong run at the moment. And obviously, when you're playing well, you just want to keep playing and hope that you continue that form. Um, obviously, when you get games called off, you're a little bit worried that if you haven't played for a few weeks, will, will the lads go out and, and do what they've been doing? Um, I see a few things on social media from, from various people about um, perhaps we could get some more evening games in um, sort of in August, September time when, when the weather's better. I do think I agree with that. Um, you know, even, even if we could just get two or three games in just to get us ahead of our games, but I mean, it's not really for me to say, really. You know, we're, we're, we're part of the league. We, we know the situation. We know we know the teams we've got to play. We know the weather every year in England is is never going to change. Um, so yeah, it's just you just got to get on with it, really, and do, and do the best you can with it. Because of course, one of the reasons at uh, this early stage of the game that um, um, uh, midweek fixtures can become um, problematic, with, particularly with the weather, is because of the number of cup competitions. Obviously, you're, you're going very well in the Les Phillips Cup, so it must have been a relief to you that um, that game with um, Westbury, you were able to get that on, um, and, and that hasn't sort of added to the congestion. No, no, we're um, yeah, we're, we're doing okay in the cup. Um, is to, to be honest, from our point of view, with our squad, it's, it's nice to have these cup games. We've we've got a very big squad at the moment, and um, everybody's on board with it. So these cup games do give us a chance to sort of rotate things um, and and keep everybody happy in the squad. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. I, I, I think at the moment, yeah, from our point of view, it's, it's, it's nice to have these cup runs and you know see how far we can get in it and uh, and just keep going with it, really. Well, I was at that game uh, you played against Westbury, and of course Westbury are a Premier Division side with some pedigree. But I thought you acquitted yourselves incredibly well on the night. Obviously, you came away with the victory, but there didn't look to be a division between um, the two of you. Well, I thought I thought we played well. I, I, I think there's massive credit to our lads for the way they conducted themselves throughout the game. We defended as a team. Um, I thought. They, they going into the game that Westbury would be better than us technically um, obviously from where they are they're, they're a league higher and as you said they, they've been doing very well in the Prem Division since they've gone in there um, so we were prepared to maybe let them have more of the ball and sit back and defend and sort of maybe play on the counter a little bit and I think our lads 
done everything superbly um, that they could. And I think just looking at Westbury, really, from where Longwell Green are now, and you look at Westbury, that's probably where we want to aim to be, really, if we, if we could use them as a model. A site that's gone up from the First Division a couple of years ago, um, established themselves now in the Prem Division. And I think, you know, for us to, to come away and beat them on an evening game on a one-off is great, but whether we could do that week in, week out in the Prem Division, I think it shows we have got some way to go. But I think we're certainly uh, certainly taking the right steps. Well, it'll be quite exciting, um, I'm sure, for your fans if you can put together a good um, run in the, the Les Phillips Cup. But would you take that over a, a top-four finish this season? No, no, no way, no way. Um, I mean, it's, it's nice to have these cut runs, but if, if I'm honest, I mean, it's, it's all about the league for us. I've made no secret of that um, to people inside and out the club that um, we, we really do want to get promoted this season. Um, I think anything less than that would, would be a failure on our part. Um, and I know that, that adds some pressure to us, but um, it's pressure that we've had all season coming from ourselves. We, we know where we want to be. Um, the, the aim is to get Longwell Green back into the Premier Division as quick as possible. Um, don't get me wrong, a, a cut run's great, is is great for team morale, is is lovely to be a part of it. But um yeah, the leagues are bread and butter and that's 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 what our main focus is. Now you've got devices at the weekend and they're not in the best of form, it would be fair to say, but um in fairness they're probably in a similar situation the last time the two of you played in a game that I, I consider to be probably the greatest game of, of Western League football that I've ever watched. Probably you, you wouldn't necessarily agree with that, but it just goes to show, doesn't it, that you can't take anything for granted, no matter how poor form um, sides are in, because um, anybody is capable of beating anybody on their day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, like we said just now, I mean, you, you look at the the results in the division every single week and, and there are shocks in it and you turn around and you think oh this side shouldn't really have lost to that side but it does happen um, I mean every, every side you play in this league have, have got quality players and you know on, on their day anybody can beat anybody and it's not so long ago that um, I, I was managing Longwell Green in, in, in the bottom of the Prem division the, the year we went down and we, we beat some sides in the Prem that nobody thought we'd beat so I, I think anybody on anybody's day can can beat anyone really so yeah we'll, we'll need to have our wits about us um, and definitely not take anything for granted Even if you are tuning up at half time <laughs> yeah, I, I certainly don't need reminded of that. All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave you in peace then, Mitch. Thank you very much for taking the time um, to speak to the podcast. It's been great to uh, to catch up with you, and congratulations on your, um, your, your your great form. And hopefully, when we speak to you later in the season, it'll be interesting to see whether you've been able to keep that up. Thank you, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. And my thanks to Mitch for his time. That sums up our review of the fi- of the matches that were played at the weekend. We now take a, a look at the games that are that are coming up. Um, quite a lot of county cup action uh, going on still at the moment, and um, we do have some midweek fixtures uh, in the Premier Division and in the First Division. A bit of Wednesday night football, but really the real meat and drink of um, the weekend's action takes place um, on Saturday. Hopefully the weather won't be interfering with our fixture list. Uh, uh, as it has been. Um, looking at the Premier Division uh, matches, Jim, which 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 game tickles your fancy? Um, I'm going for uh, just looking at the list. Shepton Mallet versus Tavistock. Uh, I'm going to go for this weekend. Tenth versus Fourteenth. Um, both, I think, uh, if Tavistock win, they could uh, draw level on points with uh, Shepton Mallet. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to go with them. I think they've. Uh, well, I'm going to pinch your stat area. Um, 
<laughs> they've uh, Tavistock have played 22 games um, so and they've played Sheffield Mallet four times I think it is in those 22 games uh, so they, uh, we've worked it out well you worked it out it would be uh, 14% of all their fixtures have been against Sheffield Mallet so uh, after this weekend's game that rises to 17% so brilliant at maths well yeah there are maths teachers all over the Western League cringing at your at, uh, at, at your at your arithmetic there um they've uh, they've played 22 times um Tavistock three of which have been against um Shepton so that's 14% but um four games out of 23 will see that rise to 17 but we got we got there in the end i, I don't think and you, you and i you could tell I failed GCSE maths. <laughs> well, we won't be appearing on Countdown anytime soon, will we? That's for sure. Um, no. we, we move on. Uh, well, my, my, my pick of the Premier action is going to be um, Ray Johnson's Halland side. They entertain Westbury United. Now, last season, I had the pleasure of watching the, ret- uh, the reverse of this fixture. Um, Westbury uh, entertained Halland. Halland hadn't been doing... Um, uh, particularly very much in the league at the time. Westbury, I think, were unbeaten. And Hallam were the first side, I think I'm right in saying, to actually take points off um, of Westbury on that occasion. They they got a draw um, in Wiltshire. Um, Hallam, of course, have been going um, great guns this season. And uh, I'm sure they'll fancy themselves to continue that good run of form. But, of course, Westbury United are no mug. So I think that would be a highly competitive game um, played at Hallam. Uh, and uh, now moving on to the first division... And um, I suppose there's only one place you're going to be uh, you're going to be really that interested in on Saturday, Jim. Yeah, that's again down in down in Dorset, Sherborne, entertaining Ashton and Backwell United. Um, Sherborne looking for their eighth win of the season, um, eighth versus six. They've both got a fair bit to play for. Both looking to uh, to push on and push push into the top uh, top three if they can. And. Um... Well, one fixture catches my eye, um, which is Longwell Green um, at home to Devizes. Um, perhaps, perhaps not the uh, uh, that, that won't be my pick of the of the fixtures because on the form guide would suggest there's only going to be one winner here. But um, I, I attended um, this game last season, and uh, it's got to be it was at Devizes, I have to say, but it's got to be one of the the greatest matches of. Um, uh, of, of, of Western League football I've ever seen. Devizes 2-0 down at half-time, down to 10 men, came back to win that game um, 4-2. An, in, an incredible afternoon at Nursestead Road then. W- whether or not they're going to be up to the same heroics this weekend, um, well, only time will tell. The First Division is a bit of a crazy league, t- um, turning the form book on its head. But um, they're, they're going to have their work cut out, definitely, because Longwell Green, from what I saw of them at Westbury in particular, they, they look a, 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 you know, a seriously, seriously good outfit. However, I think the game game of the day to be in at the first division will be another uh, will be a be a Wiltshire derby between Corsham Town and Carn Town these two sides um, both fancied of course um, early season Corsham haven't got off to the best of starts but they're certainly working their way up the table um, there's a lot of players swapped between these two sides in the early part of this season um, so uh, whether or not that adds to a little bit of spice or not, we'll, uh, we'll have to wait and see. But certainly a result to be um, keeping an eye out for. And I'm sure, uh, well, I wouldn't be at all surprised if that's another three-figure crowd in the first division. So uh, that's my pick, Corsham at home to Carn Town. Uh, now then, um, we're going to have a, a look at the league tables because um, we haven't done that for a couple of weeks. And uh, Jim, who's um, flying high at the top of the Premier Division? Well, Bradford Town are looking good at the moment. Uh, they have played a game more than Plymouth Parkway, but they lead away on 34 points. Uh, there's a little bit of a gap developing between 
uh, Parkway in second. Uh, but Clevedon have snuck up there now. They played 14 along 25 points. Uh, and Bridlington played three games more at 17, uh, also on 25 points. So it's, um, it's quite tight at the top. Uh, you, if you look down from fourth place, Bridlington on 25 points, you go down to Hallen in eighth or on 23 points. So it's, uh, it's very tight at the top. Yeah, the, um, the, the it's the games played, isn't it, that are that are sort of giving us. I wouldn't say a false picture because, of course, those sides, Clevedon and Brislington, doing exceptionally well um, to be so high in the table. But of course, Brislington having played 17, we, we know we're looking at the, the likes of Bitten uh, and particularly Tavistock down in 14th. Um, when Tavistock's games have sort of um, got back to, to normal, I know most uh, Western League watchers are thinking that they'll be moving their way up the table. If we look at the bottom of the uh, of the Premier Division, Chipping Sodbury, rock bottom there on seven points. They've played 15. Bridport just above them. They've played um, 17 matches and they've got 10 points. In fact, there's three sides, um, Odd Down, Wellington and Bridport all on, um, uh, all on 10 points. Uh, and then Roman Glass in seven. Roman Glass's form recently. I mean, they they were in terrific goal scoring form when we uh, when we had a chat with Andy Gurney on the podcast. So I think that they'll be playing their way out of it. Um, but um, something's got to give at the weekend because Bridport take on Chipping Sodbury. Um, so that would be a very interesting um, game to, to to keep an eye on just to see who does come out on top in that battle of the basement. Anyway, looking at the first division, t- um, um, Tom. <laughs> looking at the first division, Jim and Carn uh, Town. They're flying high. They are, yeah. They're, uh, they haven't scored many. Looking at their league table, they've scored 20 goals, but they've only conceded eight. So they're uh, looking strong at the back as well. So the plus goal difference of 12 and obviously lead the way on 26 points, closely followed by Wing Canton, uh, who are level on 26 points, but played a game less. Uh, so, yeah, it's, um, can't lose it. your pick of the uh, your game for the pick of the weekend, Khan. Um, I think uh, they look a good bet at the moment. And uh, if we look at the bottom of the first division, Bristol Telephone's um, still there. They played 14, they got four points. And then three points above them, Bishop Sutton, they played 11. Uh, they were on seven points. Hengrove, now I think they're showing signs of, um, um, uh, of, of picking up a few more victories. They couldn't buy a win to start off, but uh, now they're, they're looking like a more fit, formidable outfit. Um, so they're down in 18th, they've played 12, they're on 10 points, along with Devizes, who have played 10 and uh, got 10 points. Uh, right then. Well, normally at this stage, of course, um, I, uh, I thank Tom for his time and all of his hard work. And we talk about where we can find the bulletin. And before we do that, we're going to there is a there is a feature that the um, that the tool station Western League are running. And Jim's been absolutely central to promoting this. The league are currently promoting the importance of volunteers uh, and the value that volunteering has to our member clubs. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about how we've been doing that in uh, on social media, uh, Jim? Yeah, no worries. We um, after a couple of meetings, yeah, we decided to do some features uh, on social media. Just in volunteering uh, month was one of them. Uh, so yeah, we we rolled out at the beginning of November, a week or so into November. And uh, you know, clubs seem um, seem happy to get involved with it because obviously they need as much help as they can get. Uh, volunteers play a major part in in Tool Station League. Um, so yeah, basically we're pushing out quotes from volunteers that we've been in touch with about why they want to volunteer at clubs. So we've been using Twitter and Facebook and our Instagram account, just pushing their quotes and just making people aware um, that clubs want volunteers really. 
the league are currently sort of running this as a news story on the website. So if you're interested, if you're listening to this and you're interested in, in getting in touch with your local club and, and, uh, and, and offering your services as a volunteer, then you can go to the, to the toolstationleague.com website. And, uh, and if you follow the news story on, on volunteers, then there is a, a sort of, the, we've got a jobs board really of the clubs that have come back to us um, asking for volunteers. I mean, frankly, it's a bit of a no brainer, really. All, all clubs in the grassroots football, let alone the Western League, are looking for more support, particularly on a match day. And it is a wonderful way of getting involved um, um, with, uh, with football. I mean, I, I volunteer my time to do this podcast and I, and I thoroughly enjoy the opportunity it gives me to engage. So although football is the game we love, you don't necessarily need to be playing or managing or coaching to be involved uh, in football. There's lots of other um, hospitality, media, publicity, um, catering, lots of other roles and, and administration um, that, that, that clubs need um, support with. And of course, there are some wonderful people in our league who've, who've, dedicated a lifetime for no financial benefit at all um, for the game that they love and for the clubs that they love. So hopefully this um, this exercise also gets to shine a light on them. Now, you mentioned, Jim, um, that we've got a, a number of different channels um, that we're promoting now on social media. Can you give the listeners, just in case they haven't um, seen them, can you give uh, uh, the, uh, the listeners an indication of where they can find us on those different platforms? Yes, we're on uh, Twitter, Facebook uh, and Instagram at the moment using the same same uh, username, which is TS Western League. Uh, so if you do search for us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, uh, we'll come up. We've got a fancy yellow graphic so you can't miss us. Yeah, so in, the followers are growing gradually, um, and we're trying to promote clubs on there. So if clubs want uh, stuff promoting, then feel free to get in touch. They can also email me, uh, which is james.healy at toolstationleague.com. And uh, one of your other inventions uh, since coming on board has been the spot the ball competition. And may I just say um, that that is a that is a, a thoroughly entertaining uh, activity. I look forward to every week, even though I consistently manage to get it wrong. Yeah, I think you're the only one that gets it wrong every week. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, James, thank you very, very much indeed uh, for your time um, today. It's been great having you on the podcast. Hopefully, uh, we'll be hearing from um, my old sparring partner, Tom Hiscott, uh, next week when, uh, when, we, when we review his excellent bulletin. Of course, if Tom was here, he'd tell you that you can find that bulletin on the Toolstation Western League web website. That's toolstationleague.com. There is a, a tab at the top um, that says bulletin, and also there's a link on the homepage as well. But that's what uh, that's what Jim and I have been um, have been going through on this week's edition of the Toolstation Western League podcast. <laughs>